Fucking Ken Coleman. Ken Coleman. Holy shit. <laughs> um, because I knew we were going to be talking about bodybuilding a little bit because, like, the Olympia was last was week. Last yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, I rewatched uh, Ronnie Coleman's documentary on Netflix. It's called, I think it's just called King. Like, yeah, 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 King. Yeah. yeah. My God, was that guy just that, a freak of nature. That, like, a, a freak among freaks. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, okay, so it's pretty obvious. Like, you watch his Joe Rogan podcast, the dude was on gear. Mm-hmm. But there was something like genetically, genetically, like he was just superior to everybody else. No, like because that. like that was the time of what, like Dorian Yates, Flex Wheeler, mm-hmm. um, who else was in there? I guess Kai Green a little bit. Like, how much did he compete? He only competed, I think, four years, and he came in second every time at the Olympia. Mm-hmm. But like, and look at Jake Cutler too. Yeah, like I was, I was gonna, I was gonna allude to Jake Cutler. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Absolute machine too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's funny because I think bodybuilding, because you look at like the original, the, the OG, like Franco Colombo, yeah. obviously Arnold. Arnold, like, yeah. You look at those guys, that's a really nice physique. Totally, yeah. That's a yeah. good, good physique. Look at the late 90s yeah. to the early 2000s, like I'll say the Cutler-Coleman kind of era. Yeah. Era, sorry. And Yates, I guess, too. Uh, oh, too. for sure, Yates, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you got you to put him in there as well. Yeah. Freak. Yeah. The, like, that wasn't... That was bodybuilding, but that was guys who just wanted to be huge. Yeah. That yeah. was... Like, they look... Even... Like, you can see when they kind of cut their water and they're really dry up there on stage. Yeah. That's... My God. Yeah, yeah. How their body supported that amount of muscle. Oh, man. I think it was Dorian Yates. Uh, I was watching, like some of his YouTube clips and I, I'm pretty sure it was Dorian Yates yeah. who said that like basically uh, to be a bodybuilder you have to be like almost like an artist like it's uh, it's an art form 100% and I was like yeah but at the same time nowadays you also have to be a chemist would you agree? no I, 100% like nobody is winning like a natural as a natural on the Olympia stage I mean, no like they, they don't have naturals on the Olympia stage no but look at where all the money is in bodybuilding too. It's all in the Olympia, the Arnold. None of those are in the drug tested category, right? Or right. drug ca- drug uh, tested federations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really un unfair in a lot of ways that these are the ones that get the, all the attention. Yeah. Because you and I, who have been in the gym and athletics for twenty plus years, we can go. That's gear. We yeah. we can kind of go that like that's gear. Yeah. 14, 13 year old kids, especially young guys who got nothing but testosterone, semen, and fucking sweat <laughs> in them. It's just, I guess I have to do gear to get that big. Yeah, yeah. And like, but the art form you have to respect, I think. Oh, a, yeah. A lot. Um, but you're 100% right. The chemistry plays a way bigger role in it than it did with Arnold. Like, because Arnold was on gear a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can debate how much gear he was on, but I mean that—that's definitely like superior genetics. Oh yeah, yeah. But like the bodybuilders builders of his era, yeah, mm-hmm. like they were on gear. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to him in interviews, like he full out admits, yeah, we were we were taking. I think they were taking tests and D ball and like shit like that. Yeah. But it was I what was it? It was a couple weeks before. Mm-hmm. They're like they would cycle on. S- what, was it a couple weeks before competition? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just to get to get that hardness. Extra. Yeah. yeah. No, you talk about guys, and you see guys like one of my favorite um, bodybuilders, Fouad Abiyad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Canadian bodybuilder out in Ontario. Um, he's quite open about if you're using gear, make sure you're using your stack. <laughs> like, right. Make sure you're using it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't sound like, and again, I don't know many, or sorry, much about bodybuilders, but the bodybuilders I do know, they don't cycle off until the off season. Right. And they cycle off and then they don't care because they're bulking, they gain yeah. a ton of weight. Nobody cares if you, you, they look a little fat. Like, yeah. I think, uh, what was Ronnie Coleman's uh, off season weight? Like 300 probably? Yeah, he was about 300 and... Uh... But even his competition weight was up there. Like, I think his last Olympia where he fin- finally lost to Jay Cutler, um, I think he was like 295 or something like that, or 290. And he still looked so cut. Yeah, but here, like, here's where, um, like, competitions like the Olympia and it, it, judging someone's physique, I mean, obviously there is a difference between first place and last place yeah. and it's discernible yeah. right but we, we talked about like jay cutler mm-hmm. like him and ronnie coleman were neck and neck for a number of years mm-hmm. i think like three or four olympias Again, where up, it's yeah. like it doesn't matter what you, like if it was a different set of judges mm-hmm. jay cutler might have won those olympias and yeah. ronnie coleman wouldn't have been like an eight-time Mr. olympia Ron. yeah yeah do you think the cult of Coleman kind of, like, after a certain, because you look at Phil Heath, too. Yep. There's yep. the cult of Phil Heath. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and there's the cult of Ronnie Coleman. And what, Jay Cutler's a four-time winner? I think he's a four-time winner, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I, I honestly think that, like, obviously athletes hit their peak, too, right? For sure, yeah. But I feel like, I think, you're, like, you're totally right. A different set of judges, a different day. Yeah. And Cutler was strategic, too, because, like, he... Like whether you believe him or not, but like uh, because this is an after the fact interview. Mm-hmm. But he said like years later, he said, "Well, like you know that last Olympia that Ronnie did, uh, I knew he was getting older, mm-hmm. and you know things are starting to break down. So mm-hmm. like that was my shot type of thing." Mm-hmm. Um, he was very respectful uh, uh, to Ronnie Coleman. Like yeah, I, yeah. Um, I think they, I think they both admire each other like quite a bit mutual respect mutual respect yeah. yeah the gladiators um, <laughs> what is funny though is well not not funny it's it's depressing because like you see ronnie coleman now mm-hmm. um like he's had how many surgeries i think he said 20 in that in that uh in that documentary, documentary and, yeah. and that documentary is a couple of years old now yeah. i think it's like 2018 or something like that yeah like i watched him because he went and did uh a show for coleman supplements at the arnold yeah last year he was up and walking mm. without the sticks but Good. still, like, he... Well, how the mighty have fallen, oh, right? I God, mean, because yeah. to, to watch him in his prime, mm-hmm. just, like, lifting ridiculous amounts of weight. He could have gone, like, he could have transitioned easily into powerlifting. Well, he was a powerlifter when he was younger. In college, yeah, he yeah. talked about that. But, like, I mean, like, did you look at bodybuilders, they train for hypertrophy, right? Yeah. So they train in, what, five sets of 20, 15, yeah. something like that? Yeah. Uh, or sorry, twelve to fifteen. If you're doing twenty, my god! Unless you're training quads, like that's mm-hmm. insane. Like I guess your larger muscle groups, you could probably hit a set of twenty. Yeah. But, um, like I honestly think that Coleman probably could have competed 
in American Powerlifting Federation. And his trainer said that too. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, but he owns uh, Metroflex. He owns Metroflex Gym, yeah, yeah, in in Arlington, I think it is. Yeah. 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 Because. Yeah. Real short shorts. Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And they're so tight, you can tell what religion he is. Like, he's. That's a Robin Williams joke. Awesome. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> no, no, perfectly executed. <laughs> Thank you. But like the other thing too is that, uh, or one thing I like with Ronnie Coleman, um, I lost my train of thought. That's there. okay. However, but yeah. Um, well, I was gonna say like just like because we're talking about like the amount of weight that he lifted in the gym, mm-hmm. like because he was he was still a. Um, he was a police officer the whole time he was winning the Olympia. That's where I was going. And yeah. so, like, the way he trained, like, I, I think he trained, he didn't train like other bodybuilders where, you're, like, you basically take one muscle group for the day. Like, mm-hmm. like that's how I do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. Monday is chest, Tuesday is shoulders, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, I think he trained uh, every muscle group, like, every day. Like, mm-hmm. he, he, was, uh, he was in the gym six days a week, mm-hmm. one day of rest. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was only in there for an hour, but the way he trained, it was like it, it, he was training all the muscle groups all at once because he didn't have the time because he was also he had a nine to five job. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to get shot for forty two, no. twenty four thousand a year. No. Um, you know, the thing is, like, I did. Me and my buddies were kind of screwing around at the gym uh, on a rest day. We were just in there, kind of talking. And we walk in there, and one of the guys, Tyson, uh, he's a younger fellow who comes in. He said he's going to do the Ronnie Coleman leg day. Oh, God. And I'm like, what the fuck's the Ronnie Coleman leg day? And I, so I Google it, and I'm thinking, holy shit. 20, like the walking uh, squat, or not squats. Uh, lunges. Lunges. Yep. Loaded barbell. Yep. 40 yards for 20. Mm-hmm. So, a couple weeks after that, I'm in there with my buddy, and we're like, all right, let's give this a try. So, Tony and I get in there, and Tony is much smaller than I am. I have a gut. Tony does not. Um, So, I made it to about the 10th set, Mm -hmm. and my legs were just like, you do this, and you're not driving home. You (laughs) are not. You're going to have to call a cab. I'm like, okay. I think Anthony made it to the 12th one. Maybe the 13th. Yeah. And again, he's... We were on doing like the bar plus 245s on the... And Ronnie was doing way more than that. But it was like... I've never felt a burn like that. <laughs> no kidding. Never yeah. like in years of football, rugby, pushing sleds across the field. Yeah. Not well, still like 245 plays with the bar. That's still impressive, especially doing like deep lunges like that for any type of yardage. I mean, thing what the thing what like because one of the guys was there. He's like, why don't you just like you know let your knee touch? I was like, no, Coleman didn't let Coleman his didn't knee do it. Touch. <laughs> Coleman didn't let him Thirty seconds rest. Yeah, I'm a power lifter. I go, I do five set or five reps at super heavy weight. Yeah, and then I sit my ass down. And how long do you rest for? I usually go... Okay, so there's these things on YouTube called 4-Minute History Bites. Oh. I usually watch a 4-Minute History Bite. Oh, okay. Get and then you go again. Because uh, if I don't have something to occupy me, I'm just going to be thinking, get me out of the bar right. again, get me out of the bar again. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Um, and then on accessory days, I kind of train a little bit differently. Um, 
or I'm trying to switch it up, so I'm kind of training for volume yeah. on my accessory days. Yeah. I kind of mix it like, uh, say I'm doing a back accessory day with eight exercises. Yeah. Four will be, and I'll do a heavy, a light, a heavy, a light. Yeah. But I'll do like five, let's say, five lat pull downs where I'm doing the stack. Yeah. Um, if I'm really good day and I took a double scoop of protein and a double scoop of beta alanine, yeah, we might hit the stack for five. <laughs> and then the next one, maybe I'll do high rows for two 45-pound plates aside on a leverage machine. Okay. And I'll go for 15, mm-hmm. something like that. And then I'll go to my seated rows and I'll do five at 270. Okay. And then I'll go to a rear delt fly where I'll do 110 for 15 or yeah. something like that. yeah. Um, just cause I feel like I'm, sh- I-, I need to shock the muscle a little bit more. I shock the muscle. Shock the muscle. Yes. <laughs> Fuck. Every good Arnie quote. Oh, there's so many good quotes. I mean, just go down the YouTube rabbit hole and, oh. Did you know he was affiliated with Muscle Farm? Uh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. 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 He's done a couple of, uh, like, uh, the blueprint of a champion, mm-hmm. uh, series. He, he did one of those mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, no, he, uh. I used to actually have Muscle Farm as uh, as my my protein. Um, they sell at Costco. That they do, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. that's where I got it from. But then, like, I was looking at the ingredients, and like, there's so many better yeah. protein powders out there. Like the one that I have right now, I can't remember what it's called. Is it Quattro? Quattro. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, but it's like 30 grams of pr- protein in mm-hmm. one scoop. But it doesn't have all the extra blah blah blahs that yeah, Muscle like, Farm does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the, the, you know, what's funny kind of just moving in this direction when we talk about like proteins and diets and stuff like that, I was raised in the school when lift, when I started lifting of eat everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And when you're working out, that's totally that you gain muscle. Yeah. You're going to gain some fat too. Of course. So when I started lifting, it was just. Anything I could do to get the calories yeah. in, calories yeah. and calories in. Um, and then I started talking to dietitians and trainers and a couple of my buddies who had been in the gym longer than me. And they're like, yeah, you're getting pretty strong. I'm like, yeah, and there's a, that shirt's getting tight. And I was just like, yeah, arms are huge. He knows, no, I mean in the gut. <laughs> I'm like, asshole. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing for protein? I'm doing like, I don't know, I'll have a couple of burgers. And he's right. just like, nope. Yeah. You know, check. And he's told... And, when I looked at it, they were totally right. Like I look at, um, say, chicken. The difference between chicken and beef. Mm-hmm. Sure, there are better cuts of beef. Yes. That will have less fat than uh, than say a, a steak that a student such as myself can afford. Right. But if you look at like say a Costco strip steak. Yeah. And a Costco chicken breast. Yeah. I can do ten ounces of chicken breast covered in my sriracha sauce. Mm-hmm. 400 and we'll say 450 470 calories yeah with about 63 to 73 grams of protein mm. and like three or four grams of fat yeah um you go do that with beef you're gonna be in the 20 to 30 grams of fat yeah um you're gonna be probably somewhere near a thousand calories yeah um so it, depending on what you want to do it's a bit different like a guy such as Brian Shaw, mm-hmm. that man can eat red meat all day. He's yes. eating 9,000 calories a day. Yeah. He's a power lifter, right? Strong man. Strong man. Strong, Strong man. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. like he needs the extra calories though. Like he's also six foot eleven or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Four hundred and forty pounds, and he looks like a like. In contrast, he looks like a normal guy with his right. size. Right. Like, you're not looking to go like well, that's a tubby guy. Yeah. Like you look at Zadrinas Zavikas, who's I think a six-time world strongest man. Yeah. From I think he's from Romanian. Um, he's four hundred and. 40 pounds, but he's only six foot three. Mm. And the dude's got a probably a 65 inch waist. Yeah. Um, but he's healthy, I yeah. guess, or as healthy as you can be at that size. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you got your guys like uh, Half Thor Bjornstrom, right? Like, yeah. The mountain. Yeah, 480 pounds or 440 pounds and has an eight pack. Is he, uh, did he trim down to 440? Because, like, I know that he's been training to box Eddie Hall. Yeah. Because they hate each other. Yeah. Um, because of 2017. Yeah, I, I saw that. And, uh, I give a little... Uh, okay, insight. so, like, you see Eddie... Like, the overhead press... Yeah. The overhead leverage press is was the last event. Yeah. Uh, or was... Sorry, it was, wasn't the last event, but it was the event that Half Thor was warned five times. He was warned pre-competition. Yeah. Don't double load. Now, yeah. Eddie Hall's six foot three. Yeah. Half Thor is six nine. Yeah, he's he's the mountain. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's he's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, shorter guys like you and I, we kind of have that advantage where it's that one fluid motion from right. standing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like when I'm doing uh, Olympic lifting or overhead presses or something like that, it's pretty easy for me to go from ground, chest, and up. Right. I don't have to rebound on yeah. my knees. And what Half Thor was called on, I think, is called a double loading. Yeah. So he. Did, he dipped his knees twice. Yeah. And he was told... And you can hear the judge throughout the entire yep. thing. He's like, Thor, stop loading your <laughs> knees. Thor, stop loading your knees. And uh, he also had Bell's palsy at that point. Right. Uh, if he yeah. saw his... I, yeah. like, honestly, I thought he was just angry. And that was his angry face. And they were like, no, he had Bell's palsy. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. I <laughs> Sorry. I thought he killed somebody. But... Um, yeah, no. And Eddie Hall... Like, it was a one-point difference that Eddie Hall won by. Yeah. And then Hall had made it pretty clear that he just wanted to win once. Yeah. And then he was out. Yeah. Um, and I honestly... And, like, Thor won the next year by a pretty significant margin yeah. over Zadrunas and Shaw. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what their beef's all about. Like, Thor, you got your fucking... It's just got to be that competition, right? I mean, yeah. like, that rivalry is probably what it is. But, yeah, it's, it's turned into this boxing match that they're going to... I don't, I don't know. Well, Half Thor and Eddie Hall were also pissing on each other about the deadlift, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, because Eddie Hall, he he had the record for heaviest deadlift, yeah. but then Half Thor did it last year. By one kilo. By one kilo, yeah. yeah. And Eddie Hall's bitching because oh, it wasn't in a like controlled environment or whatever, mm. because it was, it, was, it was COVID times. It was in his gym. It was in his gym, yeah. yeah so I love Eddie Hall, mm -hmm. but I'm going to put it to you this way. When Eddie Hall did that, he had like a full-on, it looked like a squat suit and a bench shirt yeah. wrapped in him. Right. Half Thor did it with a belt, <laughs> yeah. knee sleeves, and straps. Yeah, he's he's something else. Like, just... Dude, like, I like you, you throw me in one of those squat suits, my squat's going up 200 pounds. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. And like, Eddie Hall, when he did a Q&A with Brian Shaw, I think it was about... A year and a half ago, two years. Oh, I guess this would have been pre-COVID. They were in a hotel. Um, but Eddie Hall said he knew 
going up to the bar, he wasn't going to be strong enough to get it up off the ground. And that nearly killed him too, didn't it? Oh, dude, yeah. His heart rate went over 200. Yeah. How does the human... Like, I get it. He's an athletic phenomenon. Right, yeah. But how does your heart operate it? Well, because I, like, I, I remember watching that and I saw like the, the blood starting to drip out from his nose and just... Eyes, Eyes, ears. everything. Yeah, like, yeah. holy shit, man. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the last picture of Chris Farley. No, I haven't. Oh, man. I made the mistake of Googling that. Anybody listening, do not friggin' Google that. Is it legit, though? It looks legit. Yeah, there's so many pictures online that look legit, though. Like, um, like the last picture of Kurt Cobain. Like, yeah. there's definitely footage of that, yeah. but it's never been released. Like, the Seattle police has it yeah but i mean you can google that and you'll see a picture of kirk cobain lying like <laughs> like full profile yeah, right? yeah. and it's like it's not um it, it's not uh distorted or anything like that i don't know i just i i you gotta question what you see on the internet that you know what but, totally fair. but maybe maybe you're right cause yeah like, but like hall like oh, yeah. when they laid him down in the back, like yeah. I straight up, like, cause I watched that live. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Louise and I, I paid to watch it live mm. uh, in our old place and we were watching it and I, all I could think, my friggin' God. Yeah. Like the, the man. He's dead. No, yeah. Like that's <laughs> it. Like when I saw him drop, I was like, that was his heart exploding. Yeah. And that was the, that's the that end of it. him. Yeah. Um, I do think it's pretty fucking cheeky that he placed a bet on himself to do it. Yeah, that's pretty shady. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but they don't let anybody else do that in the NFL, MLB. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Just ask Pete Rose. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Shit. Shoeless Joe Jackson, 1918. Right. 1919. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. Shit. Yeah. So, initially, like, um, what got not just powerlifting, but just like lifting weights in general, because I mean, it's not something that everybody does, right? Like oh. it's, it's one of those things, you know, you know, not everybody plays hockey, not everybody plays baseball, but mm -hmm. I kind of find that like, lifting weights is kind of, it's one of those things like, yes, it's getting more and more popular. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, you can pull 15 men and women and mm -hmm. maybe half of them, actually you know go to a gym and lift weights so like what what got you in, into it initially okay. like okay so like initially i had to do dry land for hockey and stuff like that right now i'm gonna be honest i hated it yeah I absolutely despised it and like even playing football hockey lacrosse rugby um i those were all sports where my size gave me the advantage right because at 13 i was six foot three ten yeah Walking into the grade eight football room, everyone's like, well, no, you're going to go play senior. Right. So I did. And I never really had to, to work for mm -hmm. that kind of side. I was always, I do have, I don't know if, I, I do not have Ronnie Coleman level genetics, but I do have genetics like from my mom's side of the family where we were not the rich peasants. We were the ones who had to hook ourselves up to the plow and pull it. So were the reeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand where you're coming the from. The horse was a luxury we couldn't <laughs> yeah. afford. Yeah. If anybody sees, I'm the male version of my mother. My mom for a woman, um, very strong woman, even in yeah. her 60s. Like I, I've seen that woman lift a couch, vacuum underneath it. Like <laughs> Obviously lift one side of the couch, vacuum underneath right. it, and drop it again. Like Absolute, like... I, I am my mother's son. Um, 
And then uh, in 2017, I ballooned up to about 440, 450 pounds. Mm-hmm. And that was from working jobs where I sat a lot. Yeah. Even up north, like when I went out to Saskatchewan. Um, I guess out east, not up north. But working in Saskatchewan there, I survived off delivery pizzas. Yeah. And, uh, Copenhagen chewing tobacco and <laughs> yeah. coffee. Yeah. So like... Um, not the healthiest of diets. No, I just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then 2017, um, good to be honest, I thought I had the ass cancer. <laughs> I go to the hospital, like my insides have been just wrecked. Yeah. So I go to the hospital and they're like, oh, we're going to do blood work on you because we think you have a prostate infection or something like that. By the way, it's 100% true. Your first prostate exam, every gay joke on planet Earth goes flying through your mind. <laughs> um and uh, they're just like, hey, yeah, you're like, I didn't have ass cancer. Awesome. But as I'm leaving, the doctor goes, oh, but you're crazy close to diabetes. Oh, yeah. And I was like, my grandmother has it. Yeah. My great-grandmother had it. Yeah. Um, my great-uncle on my dad's side, his wife had it. I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think my dad's cousins have it, too. Um, but I'm like, no, nah, fuck that. I ain't doing that. I like sugar and cake way too much. <laughs> so I uh, started working out, going to the gym, and I kind of noticed one thing about powerlifting. The big guys all have bellies. Yes, and they do. they all get to eat food. <laughs> so I dropped 200, like, I dropped down from 440 to about 280. So that's yeah. about 160, 170-pound loss right there. And at that point, I noticed I looked like a bag of milk kind of <laughs> nailed up to a wall and I'm like, Oh, that's not cool. Um, walked into a gym and something I never thought I'd like, uh, going to the gym. Cause mm. I always thought it was just these long head meathead, which I have now become. My they, well, they still are. But. Yeah. <laughs> but I have become There's some good people too. Yeah, yeah. I've become what I've despised though. I'm the guy who's in the mirror. Like, I wonder if I can get two more plates on this bar. <laughs> like, um, and it was, uh, like, again, competitive, growing up playing competitive and high-level competitive sports. Um, and losing that? Yeah. I found that in the gym again. Nice. I'm competing, like, obviously next year I'm signed up to go, or I'm signed up to go to Kelowna and actually do a, a meet. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in that. Like, yeah. I, I do, I, I mean it when I say, like, let me know when it is. Oh, 100%. And Jess and I will we'll make a weekend out of, out of it. We'll go down to Kelowna. We'll support you. And awesome. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be it. awesome to see you compete. Thanks. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. Um, but I found that competition, it, the best kind of competition that I've ever had in my life was competing with myself. Yeah. It was just, like, I, like I pulled uh, 595 or 495 uh, for reps yeah. on my deadlift. Where when I started, even before COVID, pulling three, three fifteen was yeah. that was like I could get one. Right. And now it's just, it's getting bigger and bigger. And I got five ninety five for a single. And now I'm just thinking, can more plates, more plates, right, more right. plates. Yeah. Like, um, and again, it was like I started out with the twenty pound dumbbells. Now I when I do hammer curls, I, I'm doing sixties. Yeah. Um. That and it's just that. It's true. Once you see results, it's the addictions there. Of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, for, I just love when I come out of the gym. It's a mental thing, too. Yeah. Just when I come out of the gym, 
Louise and I could have had a fight. Yeah. I could have had the truck could have gotten blown up. Yeah. My wallet could be in a bird's claws thirty kilometers away. Yeah. Um, I could have been told that my best friend, I don't know, ate all the food out of my fridge. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna go figure it out now. I feel better. <laughs> let's let's go relax. Well, Dwayne Johnson calls it iron therapy, right? That, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's so true. I mean. His rap video? No, I don't like. No, I I made the mistake of of listening to uh, Macho Man's CD. So ever since then, I was like, no, yeah. like I don't want to hear another wrestler rap. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, I, I'm I'm good with his like little rap thing in "You're Welcome" in the Moana of movie. Course. That's that's I I don't need to see. Uh, you know, because I hold him pretty high. Like, he, yeah. he's, he's definitely, like, a good... Uh, he, he's awesome motivation yeah. oh, for cool. me. Like, I, oh. I, I watch his workout videos, and like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so, to sit down and watch, and to willingly watch his rap video, I... I can't bring myself to do it. Shan't do it. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I will never see it. I've never seen Avatar. I don't know how the two are linked, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like for you, because you grew up playing pretty competitive hockey and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Too, right? So, like, so, what, so I came, I came at it at like um, obviously with hockey. It's like it's more of an athletic build. Like you don't want to be bulky or anything like that. Yeah, you but like I'm five foot eight. Yeah. Um, and like my genetics, like I got big, like big shoulders, like yeah, big yeah, upper yeah. body, and all this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like at the time, uh, my biggest motivator was um, we had a trophy case in in our house, and uh, I saw some of my dad's old trophies, and uh, he played in Kibbit, like the big uh, yeah. bantam hockey tournament, hockey tournament yeah. that was in Camas, like. I, I don't know if, like, the luster is worn up, but it was a huge deal. I mean, like, NHL players played in this. Yeah. Like, and if, um, uh, like most recently, like, Dion Phaneuf was in my year. Jesus. And uh, Peter Stastny's kid. I think Paul Stastny is his name. But, I mean, like, Mark Recchi was in it. Darcy mm-hmm. Tucker might have been in it. Yeah. I don't know, but, like, a, a bunch of... Uh, Shane Doan. Shane Doan was yeah. in it. Uh, Joe Sackick for the Joe Burnaby. Sackick yeah. that's what I was thinking thank Burnaby you thank Winter you Club, Burnaby yeah. yeah Burnaby Winter Club um, so I saw like he had a trophy uh, like, like he was in Kibbit and at the time like I was playing I was playing house hockey at the, mm-hmm. at the time still like I, I had tried out for rep teams and mm-hmm. not made it yeah um, so that was a goal that I set for myself it's like I want to play in Kibbit, mm-hmm. and I was a few years out, like because mm-hmm. uh, at the time when you're in, when I was in Bantam, it was still I think you were 15 years old. 15, 16. 15, 16, yeah. yeah. Um, it has it's since changed, yeah. but uh, yeah, but it was still 15, 16 mm-hmm. at the, at the time. Or, so no, no, it was 15. Sorry. 15. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Your your yeah. second year of Bantam was you were 15 years old. Yeah. I think. If I remember, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> okay, uh, so I had, let's say, three years to mm-hmm. get there. So I, st- I started working out, like, and uh, that was what was going to set me 
apart from everybody else. Because I mean, skill wise, I was never I was never that skilled. Never. Yeah, like yeah. Um, I was I was a pretty good skater. Yeah. Um, but. Like, my bread and butter was, like, I had no fear, and I would go into every corner, and I didn't give a fuck. It's always little fuckers. <laughs> I hated that, because I was a like, huge defense. But, but I needed size, <laughs> yeah, too, right? Yeah. Like, so um, I just started working out. And uh, I'm st- I'm from the era where we carb-loaded. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it, it didn't... Like, I, I was still getting, like, my protein and all that stuff in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I started lifting weights at... 13 and I've mm. done it ever since but um I eventually I I set that goal and I achieved that goal like yep. I started getting on uh rep B teams mm-hmm. and then but still like rep B that jumped triple A hockey I mean that's Huge. massive yeah. and I actually um I didn't make the cut like I I uh um I, I tried out for the Jardine Blazers and uh, I was like the last cut off the team and yeah, I was devastated because yeah. I'd put in all this work. Like I worked out every fucking day. Like yeah. not just weights, but like cardio as well. Like I was biking up the old Merritt Highway from my house, which Jesus was in Sahali Christ, at the yeah. time. Um, and yeah, so to put in all that work and and to fall that short, like yeah. just like the razor cuts. You yeah, exactly. Um, but um, a couple months into the season, I was on my rep B team, and the AAA coach phoned me. Sorry, sorry, interrupt. You went from triple... You didn't make the double A? We didn't have... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the minor team. No, because that was like the younger team. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so I don't think there was any second-year Bantams on the double A team. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm pretty sure that was like the, the rule. Like it was the triple A team was all second-year Bantams. Yeah. Uh, the double A team was first-year Bantams. Okay. So no, I went right... I went from the last cut of uh, the triple A team down to B. <sighs> But I was having fun, like, because, like, that's where, like, all of my friends from, from hockey, that's the teams that they were playing on, yeah. right? Because I had I'd been playing on those B teams for a number of years mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it sucked because I didn't, I didn't achieve this goal that I had set out a few years prior. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the consolation was, uh, I'm, I'm still playing competitive hockey. Yeah. Um, I look great. <laughs> I look amazing. Yeah. I am now one of the better players because I've worked so hard and yeah. like I was used to playing with those AAA players. Mm-hmm. And, but I got all my friends too, so like, hey, we're going to have a good year. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was like a month or two into the season and yeah, the, the AAA coach phoned me and said, yeah, we made a mistake. Um, do you do you want to play? And so I like, it, it, I, I I yeah I jumped at it, and uh, a lot of my friends were pissed off at me for leaving. Oh yeah. And uh, I I kind of feel like those relationships like were never the same after that. Yeah. Like even like years later, where I would see them for a beer or something like that yeah. or unfortunately like a funeral that I had to go to oh, wow. and it was just like it wasn't the same like yeah. and th- I could be reading too much into that but um, yeah so like that's how I got started but um, I was always I was always like fascinated with bodybuilding even though like I know nothing about it oh, no, no, no. but like because like I'm you know I'm an 80s kid right so like I grew up watching Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah. and uh uh, what's his name? Sly. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, you know, it's funny. You bring up carb loading. Yep. Cause like, again, 
I was kind of at the tail end of that. Right. Where chicken and pasta. Yeah. I'm sorry. Nothing made me play better. I never played better than when I had two pieces of chicken parm. Yep. Big ass thing of spaghetti. Yeah. Take a nap. Wake up. Have some chalky milk. Have some water. Yeah. Get out there. Yeah. I don't know if it was the calories, the carbs, the sugar, or the fact that I was probably just cracked out on pre. <laughs> yeah. Best games I ever played. No matter what sport I was in. Mm. I don't get this new science shit around eating space age food before like yeah a, like i don't know a carb gel and a, yeah and yeah a, a protein um like squeezable yeah and they're just like well you don't want to have too much in your stomach i was like uh if you puked that means you're playing hard all right <laughs> but like yeah but at the same time like your last meal like if especially with hockey like if you're playing at 7.30, like, your last meal was, what, 1 o'clock? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we, uh, yeah, it, it, that was always the thing with, with us was uh, carb loading, like a big thing of pasta. And, yeah, I had my chicken as well. Yeah, but, um, oh, yeah you had your protein. But yeah. But you're not, the, I, think, I think that's a common, it's a good thing you brought that up because I think it's a common misconception that a lot of guys make is that as athletes, we were sitting in the dressing room just shoveling food. Yeah, like right that. before the game. Like, no. No, I had a two to three hour nap. Yeah. It was like the honey badger motherfucker. Yeah. I, was, I ate and it was <laughs> nap time. The only one wrong move that I made, it was, it was when I was playing rugby. And uh, <laughs> it was an exhibition game, so it was okay. Okay. But uh, uh, we, had, uh, we had a half day at school. Mm-hmm. So, and I think this is like... I think I'm in grade 11. So we went over to Boston Pizza because I, I went to Sahali. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went over to Boston Pizza and I had like a big, large pizza all to myself. And like an hour later, I have, I'm having to play. Jesus Having to play rugby. And I'm like, I'm first string hooker, right? Yeah. So it's like, I'm out there and I'm running. <laughs> God, it hurts. Everything's wrong. But like I said, at least it was an exhibition. But I was like, never again, Brandon. Like, you fucking idiot. I will never forget. Um, we had this one kid. Um, we called him Backbreaker. Because mm-hmm. he was the prop on the... Like, I was always uh, tight head prop. Mm. Just because... When you're my size at that age, you're a very good anchor. Yes. Yeah. Now, we had Neckbreaker. Uh, what the fuck was his name? I can't remember. Anyway. Um, problem was, he was six foot five. <laughs> I'm five, between five ten and six feet, depending on which convenience store I'm leaving. Right. And uh, he didn't know to bend the, his knees. Oh. He bent his back. Oh. And I'm... <laughs> But the thing was, is that every time he just bent his back, you could watch the pressure in his stomach. Yeah. Because when contact, like, crouch, touch, pause, yep. engage, yep. unengage, you could literally just see his stomach, like, xylophone in. Yeah. And how good that must have been for his spine, I can't begin to speculate. Well, I'm sure we can ask him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had a pregame meal, and... Uh, I usually carried my food with, like, I always brought food from home, right. too. Yeah. Um, just because I was concentrated on being as big as I could. Yeah. Um, and uh, he ate, we had chicken and pasta, and then I played rugby with Ken Blackwell, 
his family owns mm. Blackwell Dairy Farm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they brought like liter, the tiny little liter milk jugs. Oh, nice! And I was like, I'm like my fat ass is like, <laughs> I'm gonna have four of those, but these are for later. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna have one now, but those three mm, when I get home. <laughs> um, and we eat, we go out, we watch some. We had like one game tape session in my entire four years of playing rugby at South Cam, mm. but we went and watched it. Um, get up out of the tables I see Dom just grabbing milk jugs I was like oh cool dude you want help with those and he's just like oh no all these are mine (laughs) Dom there's like six jugs there he's like I know (laughs) first scrum of the game crouch touch pause engage hear the hit and all I hear is all over the back of the other props neck oh god I have never in my life been so terrible I I shot out of that scrum laughing my ass off (laughs) I, my ass took the flanker's ear off. That's how fast I got out of there. And can I say that rugby is a game that is not televised enough no. in Canada? No. I mean, you get it every four years with the World Cup, and like I just binge watch to hell. But I mean, it's with all the sports channels that I have, like I'll be damned if I can find a rugby game. I had to get that DAZN Sports. That was the only place I could find it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a huge New Zealand All Blacks fan. Like, uh, you fucking basic bitch. What? Yeah, you basic Are you kidding me? Basic bitch. What are you, Springboks? Yeah, okay, I saw okay, I, I, yeah. I saw Invictus when I was okay. like 12. All right. Okay. Okay. You know Matt Damon doesn't really play for them, right? <laughs> Morgan Freeman is not Nelson Mandela. <laughs> That's a bold-faced fucking lie. You take that back. No. <laughs> oh, come on, the Hawker. Okay, the Imagine hum- facing that. You're lined up on, like, and then you see a bunch of Maoris and some big-ass white guys, too, yeah. <laughs> doing the haka. No, I'm, I'm hightailing it. Okay, man. no, like, no, no. I, okay, that part I genuinely respect. Um, I watched, when I played lacrosse, we went to the Iroquois Six Nations Reserve in Ontario yeah. and played lacrosse there. They did a war dance before the game, I'm backing up. Yeah. I'm not even the yeah. starting goalie. I'm sitting there going, "Glad I'm not playing." Yeah, the good thing <laughs> my pants are already sweaty. The piss won't be. Nobody's gonna notice the piss now. <laughs> like now, Haka, totally get it. My God. Yeah, like that. Again, you're right. Those guys who are standing there just beating their chest, like with their tongues out, like yeah. And then they're like, they do the the whole like across so, across the neck, the, yeah. the throat cut. I was like, well, I, I don't want to play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, I devote myself to water boy. No <laughs> kidding. Who wants hydration? Yeah. Yeah. No. But have you ever watched... Um, okay, so there's two ones. I went over to Ireland in 2010 mm-hmm. to play rugby. Nice. And we watched a hurling match. Do you a know? hurling match? What's that? That is like field hockey, but the sticks are swords too. Oh. They... Like... They, like I, I straight up saw a guy tomahawk another guy in the face and he just bounces up and he's like, you fuck, and starts chasing him. And I'm just, I'm there with 3,000 other drunk Irishmen in Dublin and they're like, yeah, no, this is a good game. I'm sitting there with my Guinness going, is this legal? Like, am I going to get thrown out for this? Like, her, um, hurling was the craziest game ever. And then I watched Australian Rules Rugby. Oh, God. That is a mutant form of, I don't know what. Jesus. Anything goes there. I'd, ha- like, I'd have to wear water wings and a helmet. 
Yeah. Because I'd be, I do not think I'd survive kickoff. I, there'd be no way. No, no. no. I see that ball coming towards me. No, no fuck it. I'm catching it. No. Take it. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Fuck. <laughs> so, one question I actually really wanted to bring up today, and I'm sorry if I'm kind of dominating the conversation hmm. today. It's all good. Power, okay, so powerlifting and strongman. You see apes of human beings doing both. Yeah. Now, the in for Kelowna, I want to be in the 308 weight category. Okay. That's where I want to sit. Um, and one thing I like about powerlifting is it's not like boxing weight classes. I don't have to worry about facing a guy who's 300 pounds, but 7 foot 1 right. with an 8 foot arm span. Right. Me, I'm, like I said, between 5'10 and 6 feet. Yep. So having that, the shorter body actually gives me an advantage in two areas. Mm-hmm. The squat and the deadlift. Yeah. Especially because I have these ape arms that drag on the <laughs> ground. So, you know, um, horrible for bench though. Yeah. I've noticed that. The longer, I have long arms and they suck for bench. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. So, with powerlifting, in the, I'm going to compete in the 308 raw. So that means I get sleeves uh, for knees, elbows. Mm-hmm. I get a belt, mm-hmm. and I get. Uh, I think I can wear compression socks. Okay. That's the raw division. Okay. No straps. Yeah. Now the geared divisions are different. A lot more weight in there. Yeah. Again, you're wearing the squat suit, the bench right, shirt, yeah. and uh, if you're cheating like that Frenchman at the World Powerlifting Federation in Paris this year, you use a slingshot <laughs> to bench press. I think he was in the 82 kilogram class, but uh, this is my thing. When you're doing raw powerlifting, you're not going to be lifting as much as the geared guys. Right. And when I talk about gear, again, I'm not referring to steroids. But well, we can talk about that later. But yeah. <laughs> um, you're not going to move that much, as much weight. Yeah. So with powerlifting, again, no straps. Mm-hmm. So you have to use a lot more grip strength comes in. Um, I use a reverse grip. Yeah. Uh, one over, one under. Uh, so when I'm lifting the bar, the bar rolls into my hand. Yeah. Either whichever way I'm lifting it. Yeah. So it rolls into the other. It helps me to lift more. Yeah. I also chalk the shit out of my hands. Right. Now, that's when I'm going for a one rep max just to see where my progress is at. Okay. Do I train with straps on a regular basis? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. The reason I do that is because while I'm not working my grip, I'm still working my quads, back, glute, yeah, everything, yeah. like biceps, yeah. chest, abs. So the more weight I put on that, obviously more strain, more growth. Even if I'm only doing a five by five. Right. Strongman now, you see guys like Brian Shaw, they're moving like, let's say, 800 pounds for reps. They're using straps. Right. Do you think that means that power lifters? Are stronger than strong men? Mm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Because they're moving a lot more weight. Yeah. And they're not using squat suits. Right. Shit. Yeah. Um, all they're using is straps. Yeah. So, like, okay, maybe a powerlifter's got better. Like, Flex Wheeler. Yeah. Or uh, Larry Wheels, sorry. Yeah. Larry Wheels. The dude's an unreal powerlifter. The guy, I've seen the guy do eight plates aside. Yeah. I think he. I don't think he was even wearing a belt. I think he walked into the gym. Oh Jesus! 
grabbed the bar, chalked up his hands, grabbed the bar, and was like, whoop, and right. down. Right. Is he stronger than uh, Zadrina Savukas, uh, Brian Shaw, Eddie Hall? Um, might be stronger than Robert Overst. I'm sorry, like, I don't know. Did you ever see that show on the History Channel, World's Strong- or Strongest Man in History? Uh, no. I haven't had the History Channel in years. So oh, I know I'm missing out, but... No, no. But, no? <laughs> no. But you watch, like, so Brian Shaw, four-time yep. World's Strongest Man. Yeah. Nick Best, uh, I think he's the Masters World's Strongest Man. Uh, he's also, like, 55 at this point wow. when they're filming. Uh, still huge, by the way. Yeah. And still keeping up with Eddie Hall, who's 29 at the time of filming. Mm. I think Brian Shaw was 36. Mm-hmm. And Robert Overst, I think, was 20... Nine or thirty at that point. Okay. So you're watching the world's strongest man in history, and you have the Masters world's strongest man, mm-hmm. a four times world's strongest man, a world's strongest man, and then you got Robert Oberst in there. <laughs> yes, he holds the American overhead log press record. Yeah. And at 430 pounds, that's a weight I will probably never get near. The yeah. dude has massive shoulders. Yeah. It's unreal. It's a very impressive. What the fuck was he doing on that show? <laughs> and he's never placed higher than I think eighth at World's Strongest Man. Hmm. I wonder if it's his personality. His shit personality. Yeah, but is it good for TV? Fuck, maybe he's funny. I think yeah. that's the thing. I think he kind of. I kind of find that like with shows like that, like it, it, any kind of competition show, you always got your your front runners. And then you got some people that are kind of in the middle of the pack that might surprise you. Mm-hmm. And then you just got your people that are good for TV. Yeah. I watch a lot of cooking shows yeah. and like that, like that is a, our cooking competition shows. Yeah. That is a definite constant where, mm-hmm. yeah, like you got your upper echelon, your mm-hmm. middle of the pack, and then eh, your personality is weird enough that you're going to you know, make for good TV. Niche audience. Yeah, it's like somewhere. you don't, you're not going to win by a long shot. Yeah. But we're going to keep you in the competition as long as we can because like you're going to create controversy and, and drama for for ratings. There you go. Yeah, so maybe that's why he was in there. I don't know. I mean, like, to his credit, and I'll say this, he did beat them in certain competitions like um, the keg toss, mm-hmm. which... The one thing I love about Strongman is it's still a bit of a show. Right. You look at Louis Sear from like the turn of the 19th, early 20th century. Yeah. The man was a showman. Yeah. The Louis Sear dumbbell, like, yeah, it's 350 pounds and yeah, he overhead pressed it. Yeah. But he's doing it in a loincloth with a fancy mustache. <laughs> and he's like, look at what I can do. Or however Frenchman sounded back then. Probably um, the same way they sound now. Probably just maybe less angry. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully. Um, but then, uh, yeah, like, and like Robert Overs beat the, I think the keg tot and the shot put and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but like, again, you look at the credentials of the other ones. Yeah. 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 Like you have the world record bar, uh, um, deadlift holder at that point. Right. A one-time world strongest man. Then you got Brian Shaw. Yeah. Who arguably might be the greatest strongman who's ever lived. Mm-hmm. Maybe behind Zadrina Savikas. Yeah. Or, um. Uh, Paul Anderson or yeah 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 something like that. But Paul Anderson, you look at him from he was a strong man like fifties sixties. Mm-hmm. The dude looks like a bag of milk. <laughs> I'm sorry, he does, but he was insanely strong. Yeah, like fuck. I wish I was. 
wish I'd been able to look like that and beat ass <laughs> One final question for me. Machines, like cable machines, yep. leverage machines, yep. or dumbbells and barbells? I prefer dumbbells and barbells, but um, it's really, they, they both have their advantages and disadvantages, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, with, with the cable machines, obviously, like you can keep that tension better mm -hmm. than you can keep for, for dumbbells. But having mm -hmm. said that, I mean, like, um, like you got your positive lift, like when you're mm -hmm. actually like, say on the bench, like you're lifting up, that, yeah. that's your, your positive lift. But then you got your negative as well, yeah. where you're, Rather than just letting the bar drop, yeah. you're actually it's a controlled lowering, mm -hmm. and um, so I mean you can keep the tension that way as well. I, I like I obviously because like I work out at home, I have a home gym. Yeah. Um, it's all barbells and, and dumbbells. Like I don't have any cable machines. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you this though, Brandon. Like before your surgery, obviously you've lost a lot of weight now. Yeah. But before your surgery, bro, like just training with dumbbells and barbells, you were fucking huge. Yeah, and I hope I can I can get back to that oh, because you like before my surgery, I was two hundred and thirty five pounds, yeah. and granted, like because of that because of the disease that I have, like I wasn't able to lose weight, yeah. and I was eating a lot too because like if my if my blood sugars dropped, like yeah. I, I'd become hypoglycemic, and I was like getting really afraid of that. Yeah. So like I was basically. I was basically eating like a bodybuilder. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many meals a day I was having, like probably five or six. Chicken and rice. Chicken and rice yeah. and, and vegetables, like yeah. good stuff. Clean stuff. Clean yeah. stuff. But yeah. at the same time, like I was, I was putting on more and more weight and mm. like, I just, I couldn't lose it. Mm. Um, but it did like, yeah, I, um, I, I had a lot of muscle mass on top of that. Oh, dude. So like yeah. 235, like I probably could have. If I could have cut off like thirty-five of those pounds, yeah, would have been great. Yeah, it was shredded. Yeah, yeah but now, shredded yeah, but now like you know, forty-five days in the hospital, like I, I'm, I'm down to one seventy right now. Yeah. Like I, I started working out again a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that muscle memory is a thing. <laughs> oh, it is. It, like honestly, like you've been working out what three weeks again now? Uh, did. In earnest, two yeah. weeks. Like, like I, I started off like just like really, really light, yeah. and like not doing much. Like maybe two sets. I was like, "Hey, I'm good." Yeah, this is the energy. Yeah, yeah. but now like for the last two weeks, like mm -hmm. I've been, I've been more, more of a routine, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. rather than just like going through the motions. I've been, mm -hmm. I've been doing like a half-assed version of my old routine. Yeah. And I got a bunch of routines that I do, right? Oh, like I, yeah. yeah, switch it up all the time. Yeah. But that's how you shock the muscle. You shock the muscle. But I mean, like, I'm just being, coming from a totally different perspective. Like when I first saw you out of the hospital, box, square shoulders. Yeah, meth head. We're getting that round back already. Oh, good, so thanks. The, you know, you're definitely, like, the shoulders, the round is coming yeah. back. Good. Because, well, um, like, I don't notice that stuff, right? No, Because, like, I don't. just, I look in the mirror and I see meth freak skinny yeah oh yeah because like it's it was such a shock to to my psyche basically like kind of going from boulder shoulder basically yeah. to what i am now so like th the fact that you uh, that you kind of notice the change even though these couple of weeks like that's yeah. that's great no no yeah, that's it and see that's the thing too like it's the one thing I kind of like about, like I was telling you guys before, like I used to have a 56 inch waist. Yeah. I didn't know, like I gained weight, like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, man, like the one thing I was, I, I found is that I'm 
not going to step on the scale until I have to to yeah. start cutting down to competition weight. Right. Because I don't, like right now, I'm, I'm eating about 4,500 calories, but crazy clean. Yeah. I'm still And I still do cardio three times a week. Like yeah. I put on my uh, weight vest. I throw my 235s, uh, 235 plates in my backpack. Yeah. And I, I walk for an hour. Right. And I do that three times a week. That kind of thing. Honestly, that's just more to help with stabilizing muscles and yeah. the legs and yeah. stuff like Which that. Which is very important. Yeah, um, but like, I don't care so much if like, oh, Mitch, you got a gut. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. If I have to say I'm three twenty five in February. Yeah. When I weigh myself, well, I got till April till the competition, so that might be the time where well, maybe we maybe we cut fifty grams of rice right, or right. something like that. Yeah. But um, that's the one thing I do really like about powerlifting is yeah. it's not so much how you look, it's the amount of weight you can move. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, what, what's the physics of force. But have you ever read Mark Ripito's starting strength book? I have not. The dude makes a really valid point, like barbell and dumbbell training is awesome. Because like, the one thing I noticed um, starting out, I did a lot of cable stuff mm-hmm. just because... Well, they're there. Yeah, and there's so many different variants you can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I got big. Yeah. Six weeks of beginner gains. Yeah. Holy shit, look at that. Oh my gosh. But your stabilizer muscles were shit. Absolute dog shit. Because then yeah. I actually got on a bench. Yeah, yeah. After using a Smith machine. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Why, why am I shaking? I'm, I was the same way when I first started out. Because, like, yeah. like, I used to have a, a gym membership. And, yeah, like, I, you just go to the cables because I, I don't know what it is. Uh, you feel like you can lift more, especially on, like, the Smith machine. Yeah. And, like, I work out alone. I never really had a partner. Yeah. So, like, I would bench on the Smith machine. But just benching, like, just a normal bench with plates and mm. not the Smith machine. Like, it's, yeah, like, you just find, like, your stable, stabilizer muscles are shit. And that's where you're gonna hurt yourself. In exactly. A yeah. You're gonna blow yeah. out your shoulder totally. or something like that. Like my rotator cuff. Like if I don't have that. The one thing I noticed too, benching when I started benching pretty heavy, is that around my rotator cuff where it tore, mm-hmm. I don't have pain anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the Smith machine, I did. Oh, okay. I don't know why that is. I think it's maybe because because I started out benching again, with like two twenty fives on each side. And I'd go for 20. Impressive. And then, like, no, like 225 pound weights. Still. Yeah. <laughs> I can't um, do that right now. No. <laughs> um, but like, and then 35s and then 45 and then now 245s and now 245s and a 25. Nice. Um, I've noticed that with that, yeah, it's been a bitch. It's a ton of progression work. Um, the shoulder pain's gone. Yeah. The um, pain in my trap. I don't know why. I, I think maybe because I was squeezing too hard, mm-hmm. but I had a lot of pain in my traps uh, when I was benching. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too is I switched to um, on accessory days. I do a ton of dumbbell, like for chest accessory days. Yeah. Dumbbell flies, yeah. dumbbell chest press, yeah. uh, single arm press, like all that kind of stuff. I've tried now to stay away from the machines entirely. Yeah. 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 Because no, um, Mark Ripito actually has a saying in his book, everything works for six weeks. <laughs> and there's this uh, podcast called The Art of Manliness podcast, and he's episode 74 and 75. Great interview with Mark Ripito. Mm. And then he also has his own podcast called Starting Strength. 
that's been going on since 2012. Oh, wow. And it has an insane amount of episodes. Everybody has a podcast. Uh, I, I, know. <laughs> I feel like we jumped on the bandwagon late. but I'm I don't care. It's no, fun. No, I'm <laughs> Before we go, because uh, like, I know we're kind of running out of time, mm-hmm. but uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, mm-hmm. but like basically uh, your your stance and maybe experiences with PEDs. PEDs, okay. And you, like I said, you no, don't no, have no, to no, answer. No, like, no, no. I will answer my stance on PEDs. I don't care. Your body, your choice. Yeah. I will tell you this. Roid rage is real. Mm-hmm. The after effects, if you're not careful, are real. Yeah. I have seen them. Yeah. Um, like a couple of my buddies who did heavy, who did a lot in high school. Yeah. Um, because everyone's obsessed with being huge in high school. Absolutely, yeah. Um, they got hits like their grandma now because <laughs> they didn't cycle off they yeah. didn't use estrogen blockers yeah. anything like that yeah and now they're like and it, it, they suffered for it too because now their their kidneys are fucked up their livers yeah. fucked up i do believe okay this is gonna sound fucked up i know rich piana died because of his ped use yes that was pretty blatant his yeah. heart was like his heart and liver were like five they're massive yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like it literally looked like my gut was in this guy's back. Yeah. Um, well, his bicep was as big as my head. Oh like, my he's, he's just a massive dude. Yeah. Have you ever watched him, uh, his uh, tricep and bicep exercise? The, yeah. Super lightweight, yeah, 80 the, reps. The feeder workouts that he keeps talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I tried one of those. So did I. It hurt. It hurt. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest, but I didn't notice a huge pump. We measured before and after. Uh-huh. The Difference in the pump was maybe three quarters, mm. half an inch, something like that. Mm. And I just noticed, because again, but I, again, I train like a power lifter. I right. Don't, I don't train generally for hypertrophy. Right. But, um, if you, if, like, again, if you're going to compete in the Olympia, as we talked about earlier, the fact of the reality is you're going to need your PED. Yeah, yeah. You're going to need a stack. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's, there's no way you're stepping on an Olympia stage without being juiced. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up about the Olympia, though, Chris Bumstead. Mm-hmm. Was he the definite winner this year in the Classic Physique? Okay, I didn't, I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, but I did, like, because you had texted me that he won. Yeah. And so I, I was looking up pictures and then... Um, and I don't know anybody anymore. No. Like, and it, like, yeah, you just get to a point where you don't know anybody. Like, obviously, because I loved Arnold so much, like, I knew Lou Ferrigno, yeah. I knew Franco Colombo, and all those guys. Um, and then I started following it more. Like, Jay Cutler was my guy. Yeah. But then, like, Flex Wheeler, Ronnie Coleman, obviously. Yeah. Like, you just know guys. Yeah. I don't know anybody anymore. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, like I had to Google the winner and I, I saw a picture of him and then I saw the runner up. And, like, yeah. and this is where I guess judging it's kind of, you know, it, it, throw, throw the ball up in the air, who knows? But, like, mm-hmm. I thought that the runner up looked better. You did? I thought. The one place I think Seabum wasn't as good, I can't, again, I can't remember who it was. Uh, again, second, again. I know Seabum because he's Canadian. Right. 
Um, the double bicep back. Yeah. The double back bicep. I don't know what the stance is called. I don't know posing. But that double back bicep, that last kind of mandatory pose. Yeah. Sebum's back was better. Mm-hmm. Biceps and arms were not as good as the other guy. Mm. The I think what what it was though was if you look like power or bodybuilders today are uh, like look at Ronnie Coleman and uh, Jay Cutler. Yeah, they had quote unquote thick waists. Yeah, and they were in the open division. Like, yeah, they were they were in the open division. Yeah, they had thick waists. Yeah. I think that the guy looking at that last the last man pose, Sebum had that much more artistic that tapered V shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you could kind of see like lats rhomboids were kind of even on each of them. Yeah. That that, that nice muscle um, definition coming down the back was pretty close. Right. But looking at uh, once you got down to the actual waistline, Chris had that beautiful. You know what? A little bit of homo. I was going to say no homo, but a little bit of homo. That beautiful taper look. Yeah. Into And then his quads came out like right. grenades. Like, yeah. ba-bam. Yeah. yeah. And speaking about PEDs, like a lot of those guys had that palumboism, uh, mm-hmm. the like distended gut from too much gear. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Like PEDs, that kind of stuff. I'm kind of in the same vein. Like it's like we all, everybody abuses their body. Oh, hell yeah. Like, and it could be, like, I'm drinking coffee right now. Yeah. Coffee is a drug. Let's yeah. let's call it what it is. It's yeah. a drug. And I used to abuse it. I would drink, like, a pot, a pot and a half a day. Oh, um, like, if you put any any amount of alcohol in your system yeah. for an extended period of time, you're, you're abusing your body. Yeah. Like, no, you're not abusing your body as much as an alcoholic who wakes up with a beer and goes to bed with a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. But, I mean, you're doing damage to your body. Let's call it what it is. So 100%. if you choose to abuse your body with steroids, all the power to you. Do whatever you want. Yep. Like, and if you're going into these competitions like the mm-hmm. Olympians, stuff like mm-hmm. that, we want to see freaks. That's just it. Right? Yeah. We want to see the freak show. Yeah. So um, I, I would say, like, if you're if you're going into a competition that does test for PEDs and mm-hmm. you're supposed to be natural and you're not, you're cheating. Yeah. But That's a different... That's, a that's semantics. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's semantics. Like, yeah. um, the choice of putting a substance in your body is mm-hmm. your choice. Yeah. I, and across the board, I don't care what it is. Um... I would say, like, speaking about roid rage and stuff like that, um, your choices also affect the people around you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you have to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it becomes, it definitely becomes a selfish thing if you're going to do that. Um, But, yeah, like, you just, I I would say, know the risks Mm -hmm. because it's a huge risk. Mm -hmm. And know the consequences mm-hmm. because you're going to – like uh, Seth Ferrosi, he talks about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like um, you're, once you inject, like mm-hmm. you are going to have consequences for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like 
you know, you better be up on your blood work and, and all that stuff. Get go to a doctor, get, get tested. Because like like you said, it's gonna fuck up your kidneys. Yeah. Uh, depending on what you do, like mm. obviously HGH, I mean your organs are gonna grow. Yeah. And that's what killed Rich Piana. Yeah. That's what's killed a lot of bodybuilders. Dallas McCarver, like twenty five years old. Yeah. PEDs yep. were the were the cause of the corners cause yep. of death. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I I know guys who who take it in small amounts, mm-hmm. and they say that it helps them with their their mood and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like hey, more power to you. Yep. But like, f- like you always say, for like for everything you do, like there is there's there's going to be like a negative. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Right. So causation. And- the causation. Yeah. yeah. So it, so you really have to. Like, does the reward outweigh the risks? Yeah. And taking steroids, like, mm-hmm. if your goal is to make the Olympia and you don't place, I mean, was it was it worth it? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it's... I, I think it ultimately boils down to it's, it's your choice, mm-hmm. but just know the consequences mm-hmm. and be prepared to face them because yeah. eventually you will. Yeah. Like there is like, there's no one in here gets out alive. Right. No. So Ronnie Coleman, uh, again on Rogan's podcast. Yes. Now he's like, the other thing too is like after an extended period of time, even Coleman points out like you need, you need to go get tested. Yeah. Boosters yeah. Cause you do not produce any of your own. Yeah. He says he doesn't have to take it. Yeah. Whether I believe him or not is an irrelevant point. Yeah. Yeah. Again, genetic freak. So he maybe. is a genetic freak, but I mean, look at him now compared to like his competition yeah. physique, oh, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, and one thing a lot of people don't understand that I think, like, we live in a world where mental health is very much at the forefront. Mm-hmm. People talk about anxiety, yep. depression. Yeah, and we all experience that. Totally, all of Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Oh fuck yeah. Um, PEDs are going to exasperate right. those things. Yeah. Um, like, remember, again, if you watch the Coleman segment on steroids in Rogan's podcast, the reason the DEA came down on it so hard was because of the teen suicides. That's right, yeah. 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 So, like, again, know exactly what you said. Know what's going to happen. Exactly. And if you're willing to bite that bullet... And roll through it. Yeah. Like, I think a guy like Coleman, like, even if he did get depressed, he could always look back and go, look. Look at what I got. Yeah. yeah. Look at that hardware. I'm eight-time Olympia oh, winner. Yeah. yeah. Kiss my shrunken nuts. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. Jay Cutler brought this up in, in Ronnie Coleman's documentary, mm-hmm. uh, uh, just kind of going back to, like, talking about how Coleman trained, like, uh, like a... Uh, lifting like heavy ass fucking weights like a a, a quote in in that documentary was like he would go to you know like the 200 pound dumbbells that had you know an inch thick of dust on them because nobody touches that shit yeah because nobody can move it because nobody's ronnie coleman and he was doing it for reps yeah jay cutler ronnie coleman neck and neck for their entire careers Mm -hmm. um Look at Jay Cutler now. He looks amazing. He still works out. Look at Ronnie Coleman. Like he said, he's he's looking better now, but still just compared a shell. Cutler. Compared to Cutler, he's a shell of a man. Yeah. So like Cutler kind of said, so the risk reward thing, like, was it worth it? Yeah. Because you know, nobody like 
you'll never see a bodybuilder even outside of commercial gym like you never see a bodybuilder in a commercial gym no. generally no but you'll never see a bodybuilder doing bent over rows for 45 uh, with uh 15 for tw- with 10 plates yeah yeah you're not seeing that no you're not seeing the landmine rows with maxing out the bar yeah with metal pl- I'm not talking bumper plates either mm-hmm. steel plates mm-hmm. you're not seeing that no like that to me like bodybuilders and again I'm a complete layman like most things in my life but bodybuilding you're, it's volume it's not weight yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you want that hypertrophy you exactly. want that pump you want yeah. to look good yeah and like watching some of the bodybuilders who work out at the gym I'm at or in the one I work at they're doing moderate weight, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit on the high side, maybe say the stack goes from five to 200 pounds, maybe they're doing 150, yeah. 145, cable flies, something like that. Yeah. It's an impressive amount of weight. Totally. Especially when you look at the volume they're doing. Mm-hmm. But you don't see Ronnie Coleman in there doing the stack for five sets of 15. No. Just ripping it like, yeah. like he's ripping phone books in half. Yeah. Like... Again, genetic freak. Yeah, yeah, totally. Total genetic freak. Yeah. Yeah. All right, dude. I think we should end it there. I think that's probably good. I yeah. Gotta, I got to go to school at some point. Oh, yeah. It's cool. It's cool, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so obviously we're back at this and we'll be uh, we'll be doing more more frequently. Like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that we're doing this. Like, um, I was looking forward to this conversa- conversation today. Um because it, it, it's been so long, but uh, obviously, like, I'm on the mend and I'm um, wanting to have things get more and more back to normal. normal. So yeah. well, this this will be become a normal. And, uh, still cooking and good looking, buddy. Still so cooking and good looking. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you've been listening to Lawn Share Conversations podcast. We are on Anchor, we are on Spotify, we are on Apple, iTunes, anywhere that you can find a podcast we're on there um also like we talked about uh stoicism uh in a previous episode check out the daily stoic podcast it's really cool um dailystoic.com and uh yeah yeah tell them mitch and brandon sent you yeah i'll leave you with this thought um i keep hearing like the north shore being called the shore Mm -hmm. like more and more on the radio and stuff like Mm -hmm. that I don't care how you dress it up. It's still lipstick on a pig, man. hundred percent. Okay. South Park, season 15, Soto Sopa. <laughs> it is a Soto Sopa. There you go. That's exactly... It is Kenny's house with a fucking new look. That's, That's right. It. Jesus. Yeah. Anybody on the North Shore, please don't cancel us. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.